says, Hayakara Batara, right, beginning of the second chapter, Hayakara Batara, Vigiyazman HaMikra. So you're reading the Torah, you're, you're studying Tvarim, you're studying Vatchanan, and you reach the part that mentions Shema, right? Vigiyazman HaMikra. And it also reached the time to say, Krishma. So it says, Im Kivin Libo, if he has in mind to fulfill the mitzvah of Krishma, Yatza. Again, so we're just referring to someone who's studying Sefer Dvarim, gets up to the parsha. well at least right now that's what we think. He gets up to the part of Shema, it happens to be the time for Krishma. If he has Kavana to be Yotzim, then it works. Okay, now the rest of the mission discusses an entirely different topic. It discusses whether interruptions are permitted in the middle of Birchat Krishma, in the middle of Krishma. It says like this, Biprakim, if you're in between chapters, Shoal Mipnei HaKavod. The letter asks, Mipnei HaKavod, Umeshiv Gubbeemtza, Umeshiv, you know, let answer. Mipnei HaKavod, that's what we think right now. Ubeemtza, Shoal Mipnei HaYira, Umeshiv. And in the middle, your letter be Shoal Mipnei HaYira, Umeshiv. So what does this mean? Basically, the way Rashi says it is that there's two sort of, again, two things that were just mentioned in the Mishnah. Interruptions with Pnei HaKavod and interruptions with Pnei HaYira. So what are these interruptions? So Pnei HaKavod is when someone honorable walks in who's deserving of Kavod, you're allowed to say Shalom Aleichem. Again, certain parts of Kirchma, that's Pnei HaKavod. Pnei HaYira means, Rashi says that if you don't respond or you don't say hello, they're going to kill you. Right now, most of Shalom say it. Can't be talking about like they're actually going to kill you. It means they have koach, you know, they're they're, they're melech. It doesn't necessarily mean they will kill you if you don't answer or you don't say hello. But rather, it means they're the type of people who have the ability uh, to kill you. So let's read that again. Biprakim, if you're in between chapters, Shalom Abnei Hakavod, Umeishev, you're allowed to ask someone who is honorable, Shalom Aleichem, Umeishev, and you're allowed to respond. The Gemara will ask, well, if you're allowed to be Shoel, for sure you're allowed to be Meishev. So the Gemara will ask the question. If you're in the middle of a chapter, middle of a paragraph of Krishma, then you're able to be Shalom Abnei Hayira, Umeishev, then you're allowed to Ask only if it's Mepinei Hayira, meaning if it's just Mepinei HaKavod, somebody, you know, wealthy or important walks into Beit HaKnesed, then you can't say anything, you know, because Mepinei HaKavod is only in between chapters. But if you're in the middle of a chapter and the person is, again, has the ability uh, to kill you, or, uh, you know, you're afraid of him for some reason, then you're allowed to even ask how he's doing in the middle of Kriyachma. Devi Rebbe Meir Rebbe. Yehuda says, no. In the middle, you're even allowed to respond. So in other words, if somebody starts a conversation with you, you're allowed to answer. Meaning, it wouldn't look, the person would be embarrassed, basically. If a guy walks over to you in the middle of Kriyashma and he says, you know, Good morning, how are you? Then it'd be embarrassed for him if you don't respond. So, as Rabbi Yehuda says, that if, he's an, if it's someone who's deserving of honor, then you're allowed to respond. You're allowed to be Meshiv. You can't be Shalbi, you're allowed to be Meshiv in the middle. In between chapters, you could ask him If you're in between chapters, then you're allowed to answer to anybody. Meaning, even if someone not deserving of honor asks you how you're doing in between chapters, then you're allowed to answer. What does it mean in between chapters? So, if you're at the end of the first blessing of Krishna, moving on to the second. If you're in between the second blessing and Shema, in between Shema and Vahaya, whenever we say Shema, we mean the, including the first parsha of Krishna. So in between Shema, Vahavta, and Vahaya, that's in between paragraphs. Between Vahaya and Shema and Vahayomer, between Vahaya and Shema and Vahayomer, 
says for some reason, we'll see in the Gemara, you cannot interrupt between Vayomer and Emes Vyatsev, which is, you'll see that's kind of the reason why we do that whole Emet thing, we repeat, we go back and forth, because basically we want it to be one flow from Vayomer to Emet Vyatsev. We'll see in the Gemara. He discusses the order of the Parshiot in Kriyat Shema. Why is Parshat Shema before Vahayim Shema? Says Gemara. Because Shema is more general. It's about accepting the yoke of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and accepting that you will listen to whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. And then Vahayim gets a little more specific. And afterwards you accept the all mitzvot. Which is, and then why is Vahayim Shmoya before Vayomer? Because right? if you look in the Torah, Vayomer is all the way back in Parshat Shalach. Right? If you go based on the order of the portions, the way they're presented in the Torah, Vayomer should be stated first. So on that we say, The idea of Vahayim Shmoya, which talks about accepting mitzvot, applies both by day, both by night. Vayomer But Vayomer is only by day. Why is Vayomer only by day? Right, the, most, the main theme of Vayomer is Tzitzit. Again, this really goes back to the discussion whether there's a mitzvah Zechir Tzitzit Mitzrayim by night or not. Right? If there's a mitzvah Zechir Tzitzit Mitzrayim by night, there are parts of Vayomer which is by night. But another part of the parsha which talks about Tzitzit is only by day and not by night. It says the Gemara, Shema Mina. Again, so we'll, the, the whole interruption thing we're going to get back to uh, just the end of today's daf. says the Gemara, Shema Mina, a mitzvah Tzichas Kavanah. We see from the Mishnah that Mitzvah Tzirchat Kavan. How do you see that from the Mishnah? Because the Mishnah says you're reading the Torah. You get up to the part that mentions Shema. And it says, libo. If you have in mind to fulfill your Mitzvah, then you're Yatza. So you see Mitzvah Tzirchat Kavana. So you see when, when you're performing a Mitzvah, in order to fulfill it, you got to have Kavana. Which is, we know, Machloket all of Rishas, that when you perform Mitzvah, do you need Kavana or not? Or is it enough just to do the action? So it says the Gemara, no, no, it doesn't mean he had kavana to fulfill the mitzvah. Mayim kivin libo, likros. I mean, he had kavana to read. So what's the, says the Gemara, likros, v'hakakari, but he's reading. What does it mean? What do you mean? The whole point is he's, he's, he's reviewing the parsha. He happens to get up to the part which is the same parshiot as Shema. And then it says, if he has in mind to read. What do you mean? He's reading. V'hakakari, he's reading. It says the Gemara, b'karu He's reading it to fix. The way Tosut explains it, he's a scribe. And basically, when you read it to fix, you, you perhaps might read it in, a, in a, the way that it's presented, meaning it might be written incorrectly, right? Because, you know, it's missing letters. The whole point is you're checking the safer, you're checking to see if it's correct. And the way you are reading it is based on the way it's being shown to you. And it could be that, or, or the way he says it, is that when, you, when you're a sofer, you don't necessarily read it with its proper vowels. Yourself, you just want to make sure that every word is there. So you're basically going to read the way you're going to read the word the way it really should be read when you have all the letters there. So therefore, what it means, Karlagim means he's reading it to correct. And when apparently a sofer, a scribe who reads the words to correct, doesn't necessarily read it correctly. Because he's just reading it just to see whether there's you know missing letters or you know uh, missing or there's something wrong with the letter, and therefore he's not necessarily reading it correctly. So because, so says the Gemara that so a person is studying the parsha because he's fixing it, and then we say, but in Kivin Libo, if he has kavana to actually read it properly, then of course he'll fulfill his obligation. Okay. Seems obvious, anyways. Well, yeah. If he's reading it improperly. He shouldn't be mm-hmm. even if he has kavana. Yeah, correct. Proper, but if he's has proper to read, he has kavana right. to read it properly, even if it's not written properly. Right, right. Obviously, yeah, yeah. You're right. Right. That's a good question. That's a good question. Tanu Rabbanon. 
Because I'll tell you the truth. The truth is really what the Mishnah is saying is that we do rule mitzvah tzirchet kavana. And the way we rule it actually makes sense. Words, we rule mitzvah tzirchet kavana, and that's actually what the Mishnah means. According to what, you know, this is all just coming to somehow make it that it's not a proof from our Mishnah that mitzvah tzirchet kavana. But we who do rule mitzvah tzirchet kavana, then the explanation of the Mishnah is the way the Gemara assumed, which means, are you having kavana to fulfill the mitzvah? Continues the Gemara. The Gemara is now going to discuss a machloket whether Kriyashma has to be read in Hebrew or can be read in any language. Very important machloket. Tanur Rabbanon. Namat, you with us? It's the last narrow line of Yud Gimel. Okay. Tanur Rabbanon. Kriyashma Kiktava. Rebbe. Rebbe says you have to read Kriyashma the way it's written. And you have to read it in Hebrew. You can read it in any language. The Gemara seeks a source for each opinion. My time with the Rebbe. What's the reason of Rebbe? Meaning, you would have assumed that it had to be Hebrew. So, so you, had, you would have assumed any language would be okay. How does Rebbe know that it has to be Hebrew? Because So the fact that it says, like, these are the words, it's telling you that these is the way it's supposed to be read. In their form, in the, in the way they're being read and being written, that's the way they're supposed to be read to fulfill the mitzvah. That's how he knows it has to be Hebrew. Rabbanu my time, how did the Rabbanu know it could be read in any language? This word Shema means here. As long as you, you understand what's being said, then that's enough. It doesn't have to be said in Hebrew. Now the Gemara wants to know what each person does with the other Pasuk. According to Rabbi, the Pasuk says Shema. So what does he learn that out? What does he use that word for? He learns out from there that when you say Shema, you have to hear it in your ears. Shema. Say it in a way that you can hear. You got to hear what you're saying with your mouth. And they're bundled, and that we don't need the Pasuk for that drush because they disagree with that whole concept. They hold that even if you read it in a way where you didn't hear what you were saying, meaning you were whispering it so quietly that, again, you couldn't even hear what you were saying, you still fulfill your obligation. Therefore, they wouldn't need any Pasuk to derive such a halacha because they disagree with such a halacha. Now the Gemara goes back. Rebbe learned from the word Vehayu that it has to be read in Hebrew. So what do the Rabbanan use with that word? Right, what do they do with the word? They learn out that you can't read Kriyashma backwards. Right? You can't read it backwards. Um, so that's what Vahayu means. In other words, Rebbe learns Vahayu is saying these are the words. I mean, you have to read it. Rabbanan would say that this is the order of the words that you have to read it. And you can't read it backwards. Ah, oh, very good. Uh, very good question. So actually, the, the Rambam interprets this Gemara, very good question, Yonatan. The Rambam interprets this Gemara to mean that within the Parsha, but if you do the Parsha backwards, it's fine. Meaning if you read Vahaya before Vayomer, sorry, Vahaya before Vashema, then you would fulfill your obligation. you just in the Parsha, you can't do Vahaya Advar and then Vahaftan. In other words, you can't do the Psukim uh, backwards, right? Or for sure the words of the Psukim. So that's actually an important distinction. The Rambam made that up. So in those, no, no one else uh, really knows where the Rambam came from, but that's how the Rambam interpreted this Gemara. How does Rebbe know that you can't read it backwards? Because he doesn't have the Pasuk Vahayu, because what Vahayu is teaching you that you have to read it in Hebrew. Because it says, it should have just said, Vahayu Dvarim Ha'ila. Why does it say Hadvarim? Like very specific Hadvarim, you know, the words. So he learns that from Hadvarim that it has to be that order. 
The Rabbanon say that that's not extra. Interchangeable. It's, 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 not, it's, it's not something that is so extra that we need to make up a drasha. Okay, we, we don't expound that letter hey. Says Gemara. Fine. The Gemara now is going to make an assumption and it's going to keep with that assumption. Is that Rebbe needed a Pasuk to teach you that Shema could be read, that Shema has to be read in Hebrew. Correct? The Rabbanan needed a Pasuk to teach you that the Shema could be read in any language. That means without the Pasuk, they each would have had different opinions. Meaning if Rebbe didn't have the Pasuk of Ahayu, he would have thought Kriya Shema could be read in any language. And the Rabbanan who said we have the Pasuk to teach you could be read in any language means without the Pasuk, it had to be read in Hebrew. So th- that's what the Gemara is going to discuss. It says the Gemara, Lememra, the Sava Rebbe, the Chala Tarakula, Bechaloshu Nemra. Are you suggesting that Rebbe would hold that the rest of the Torah could be read in any language? Because if you're going to tell me that the other mitzvot could be filled, or, or, or can only be filled with Hebrew, why do I need Vahayu? Right? I don't need Vahayu. Says the Gemara the other way. Says the Gemara, no, it's Torah, I need it. Why? Because the Torah said Shema. So really, had it not said Shema, I wouldn't have assumed that it could be done in any language. But once it said the word Shema, then I would have thought to learn out like the Rabbanan, that it means any language. Therefore, I need Vahayu to tell you not to make the drush of the Rabbanan. But not necessarily that I was coming in with a different assumption from other cases of the Torah. And the Gemara says the same thing the other way. Remember the Savar Rabbanan, the Chodr, Kula, Balashan, HaKadosh, Are you going to tell me the Rabbanan hold that the rest of the Torah could be done in any language, which is why they need a Pasuk in our case? To tell you specifically, um, sorry, remember the that the rest of the Torah has to be done in Hebrew, which is why they need a pasuk to teach you that Shema can be done in any language. Because if you're going to tell me that all the other mitzvot in the Torah could be done with any language, then why do I need the word Shema? And that the Gemara says, I'll tell you why. It's because it says v'hayu. And since it says v'hayu, right? Therefore, I would have thought to learn out like the like Rabbi Yehuda's Drasha, the Vahayu says specifically Hebrew. So therefore I need the word Shema to tell you Bechalashon. Meaning, they're not coming in with different assumptions into the sugya. The only thing that they're trying to accomplish is that you don't make the Drasha from the other opinions, Pasuk. From, so Rabbana made the Drasha, not because he thought otherwise, but rather because he thought maybe you can make the opposite Drasha from a different Pasuk in the Pasha. Therefore they use this Pasuk to teach you something else. Now Toso, just very quickly, the Gemara says that, we, that perhaps Rebbe and the Rabbanon held that the rest of the Torah can be said in Hebrew or in other languages. So Tosa wants to know, like, what does that mean? What other myths from the Torah do we have that you're supposed to read something from the Torah that there's therefore a discussion whether it could be done in Hebrew or not? Meaning, Shema is the only thing that is only biblical commandment to read something from the Torah. We don't have any other biblical commandment that you have to read something from the Torah and therefore we need to know what language you can fulfill it in. So Tos comes up with one example. Zachar. Zachar, exactly. Zachar and, you know, maybe what the, the, king, the Melech has to read on, on Yom Kippur or maybe Vayakel and different things. But it's very little, it's very few things. So that's, the Tos says the whole discussion of this Gemara is Zachar. Continues the Gemara. Two lines in the bottom. You cannot read it backwards. Now, this is a whole different brighter, different opinions. We learn actually that you cannot, learn, you cannot read Krishna backwards. 
Yachol take all the parsha tzricha kavana. I'm admitting that the whole parsha needs kavana. Now the kavana we're referring to over here is not the kavana of the Mishnah. The kavana over here that we're discussing is perush hamilot, meaning do you know what you're saying? Okay, it's a different sort of kavana. That's what the Rishon I'm saying. Do do you know the translation of the words perush hamilot? So it says advarim alav vecha yachol take all the parsha tzricha kavana. Right, I might think that uh, the entire parsha needs to be read bekavana, meaning you have to know what the whole first parsha means. Tamlomer ha'ela ad kan tzricha kavana mikan ve'elach ain't tzricha kavana, which means you only need to have kavana up till v'hayu hadvarim ha'ela, right? Only up to those words do you have to have kavana. Or the way Rashi it means in the end of that pasuk v'hayu hadvarim ha'elach and nechimetzav v'chayom alav v'vecha. So the first opinion says, only the first two psukim, do you have to have kavana? Do you have to know what they mean? But mikan ve'elach ain't tzricha kavana. Omer le'i Rabbi Akiva. Harehu Omer, Rabbi Akiva says, you can't read it like that. Why? Because the pasuk says, Asher anarchim metzavacha hayom. Right? The pasuk says, that Asher anarchim metzavacha hayom. Which means what? Right? That's the end of the pasuk. So Rashi and Tosis explained that this is like, it should have said it in the past. Tziviticha. Why does it say mitzavacha? Why does it, yeah, yeah. So why does it say mitzavacha? Like as if it's talking in the present or maybe even in the future. So because it's saying, that, that the whole parsha has to be read, even what I'm about to tell you. So this second opinion is saying, you can't just say, up till that pasuk has to be read with the perish milot, rather than the entire paragraph, because that's what, since it's read in the present, as opposed to the past, it's teaching you that the whole thing has to be, right? means has to be on your heart, because you have to know what, it's, what is being said. So that's the first two opinions. Halacha follows like Rabbi Akiva. Okay. There is another version of where Rabbi Bachana Rabbi Yechanan said a, a similar statement. Someone who reads Shema has to know what he is saying. According to some uh, texts, what it, it, said, it, it, should, it should have said, Bekula. The first opinion is saying, you have to know the Perish Amil for all of Krishna, the first, second, and third parasha. Rabbi Acha, Mishim Rabbi Yudah, Amar, no. Once you had a kavana in the first paragraph, shuv enetzarch. Then you don't need any more kavana. So this is that other version, the thing, and that he was ruling like Rabbi Yehuda, like Rav Acha, the name of Rabbi Yehuda, that is all that you have to have kavana for the first uh, paragraph. So again, so so far we've mentioned three opinions: either the first two psukim, the first paragraph, or the entire kriyat and so far, the main opinion seems to be that the first, the entire first parsham, you have to again know what you are saying. Tan yidach, which we are not going to rule like in the end. Tan yidach, another brayta. V'hayu shalayikulamarfei. We learn that from v'hayu shouldn't read it backwards, right? Al levavecha. And what do we learn from the words al levavecha? Rizut shomer atkan mitzut kavana. Because again, the words al levavecha means on your heart, meaning it's something you understand. So Rizut is saying until the words al levavecha, which would mean the first tup sukim. I guess the first three psukim, Shema ve'ahavta, and v'hayu, those uh, psukim have to be al-levavecha. Mikan he uses a strange word, mitzvat kriya. We'll see what those words mean. It's a mitzvah just to read. Rabbi Shai Omer, Mikmar will explain. Atkan mitzvat kriya. Until now, you just have to kriya. Mikan ve'elech mitzvat kavana. And then afterwards, mitzvat kavana. Again, the Gemara will explain, and the Gemara is going to do that right now. 
says that first, Gemara wants to know the first opinion. Rav Zutra said that the first paragraph is Kavana, and afterwards it's Kriya. So Gemara has a question. Why would you tell me that further on it's a Mitzvot Kriya? Here also it says to speak it out, meaning the Gemara thought right now that it says the first paragraph you have to have in mind, meaning, and not read, just have in mind. So they thought Rav Zusha was saying the first paragraph, just say it in your head, and the second paragraph, Kriya, read it. it says the Gemara doesn't make sense. In both paragraphs it's very clear, Lidaber and Vidibarti, you have to speak it out. So the Gemara, you're right, Hachikama, that's not what I meant. I come and it's Kavana Ukriya. And the first paragraph is kavana, meaning have in mind, know what you're saying, ukri and read it. Kind of elach is kriya below kavana. Afterwards, it's just reading without kavana. Okay. Says Gemara Maishna Atkan Mitzvah Kavana Kriya Dechsev Alavavacha. Just like in the first paragraph, it says Alavavacha and Vidibarta, but meaning speak it out and know what you're saying. Hasam Nami Haksev, the second paragraph of Krishna also says Alavavachem. The second paragraph also in Kriya Shema seems to say that it should be on your heart. Right, which means you're supposed to understand it. Says more, no, that's referring to something else. We need that drasha for Yitzchak. What did Yitzchak say? V'samtem es devarai eila. Right, v'samtem es devarai eila. Says Rashi is referring to tefillin. That v'samtem means to put. What does it mean? V'samtem es devarai eila al levavchem. So we're not referring to the words of Krishna. We're referring to tefillin. That tefillin should correspond to heart. Right? We all know that when you put on the, the tefillin shalyad, it's supposed to face the heart. How do we know that? Because of v'samtem alavavchem. It should be corresponding to your heart. So therefore, you can't learn out from this drasha that it means that you should have in mind the words of the second paragraph of Krishna, because it's not talking about Krishna. It's talking about tefillin, this pasuk, right? And that's very clear that the rest of that parasha is talking about tefillin. Okay, so that's the opinion of Marzutra. Now, what about the opinion of Rabbi Shaya? Omar Mar, right? So, Mar, meaning, we're, now we're going to quote what Rabbi Shaya had said. Rabbi Shaya, Omar, Adkan, Mitzvot Kriya. Rabbi Shaya had said that the first paragraph is to read, and Mikan Ve'elech is Mitzvot Kavana, and afterwards Kavana. So, right now, the Gemara thinks, which is going to change, is that the first paragraph you read, and the second paragraph you just think. Says Gemara, Ma'isra Mikan Ve'elech, Mitzvot Kavana, Mishum Dechsev, Alavavchem. If you're going to tell me the second paragraph, you have to think of what you're saying because it says Alav Avchem. Hachanam Yoktiv Alav Avcha. The first paragraph also says Alav Avcha. So, how can you tell me that the first paragraph, you don't have to have anything in mind and know what you're saying? It also says Alav Avcha. So, Zagmar, you're right. Hachikama. Adkan Mitzat Kriya Ukavana. The first paragraph is reading and Kavana. But Mikan Ve'elech, and this is the, where he argues on Marzutra, Mikan Ve'elech has Kavana below Kriya. He says, the, again, Marzutra said the second paragraph is reading without kavana. Because Marzutra used the word levavchem in the second parasha not to learn out that it has to be on your heart, you have to know what you're saying, you learned it out for tefillin. Yushai is the opposite. Again, everyone agrees the first parasha is kriya and kavana, is reading and knowing. The second paragraph, Marzutra said just reading and no kavana. Yushai says just thinking and no reading. You don't actually have to say the words. It says Gemara, why not? Just like the first paragraph, in the first paragraph, Krishna says, meaning, you have to speak it out. Also, over there it says, so you have to speak it out, says Gemara. That's referring to Obi Devetoriksiv, it's referring to Torah. What does the Torah mean? Agmira Teach your kids Torah. You know that it shall be well versed in the Torah. And if you look, at, you know, 
Well, yeah. So in other words, in the, in the second parasha of Krishna, what does it say? V'limatem espenechem. Right? And then it says right after. V'samtem espenechem. Right? V'limatem espenechem. Dabirbam. No, let's just look it up very quickly. Right? The Pasuk says right before that, um, then it says, and then it says, So the Torah is very clear that it's referring to teaching Torah to your children, and therefore that's why you can't learn out from the next video that it means to speak out the words of Krishna to yourself. And that's, that's, the, that's what we rule like. Diver Rebbe Mayor. You just have to have Kavana by the first Pasuk. Okay, so this, we've now uh, limited to the least possible amount is just the first Pasuk. In other words, this is even less than the first opinion we mentioned. First opinion we mentioned was the first three Pasukim, or maybe the first two Pasukim. Now we're saying just the first Pasuk. That's all you have to do. Tanya. Now again, when we talk about Kavana Talev over here, what it means is uh, understanding and knowing what you're saying. The Rajbah, who's a Rishon, he says that, no, no, it's more than that. It's not just Perish Amil. He says you have to have Kavana to be Mekabel al-Machut Shemaim, right? You, most Sidurim prints that, I believe. You have to have Kavana, two things. Number one, for what the, what the Pasuk means. And number two, for what the Pasuk is trying to accomplish. Is that you're recognizing that there is one HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and you're being Mekabel al-Machut Shemaim. Tanya, Sumchas Omer, that's very interesting Shema-related halachot. Sumchas Omer. Anyone who lengthens the word echad, his days and years are lengthened. And the Gemara speaks, uh, so why, we'll see that the point of lengthening these, the word is to have all the proper kavanot. Which letter do you lengthen? You lengthen the dalit. Now the way we do it, or for sure Ashkenazim, but I think most Fadim also, it's a lot hard to lengthen the dalit. If you're Yemenite, they'll, they'll explain to you how you could you know, lengthen the letter Dalit, right? It's easy for us to lengthen the Ches. So it sounds like the only thing you should lengthen is the Dalit. I'll explain in a moment. But don't do it too quickly, where you don't pronounce the way Rashi seems to be saying. In other words, you want to make sure you pronounce the Echad, that there's a Kamatz under the Chet. But if you do it too quickly, if you're just trying to get to the Dalit, Echad, it looks like you're just swallowing up the Chet. So what, what are you supposed to have in mind? So Rashi, well actually, one more Gemara, and we'll see. Um, uh, he saw that he was taking too long. He was doing a, a, a too long of Kriyachma. And the way Marshall explains it, he was missing Tfila Bitsibor. So he's saying, you don't have to do such a long Kriyachma. And Brother, he told him, once you, once you said that God is a king above and below, and all four sides, right? There's the Dalit, right? Dalit represents the Arba Ruchot the four sides of the world. Sulot you no longer have to have any more uh, Kavana. So those are the things that ha- one has to have in mind. I believe it's Pratan and one more thing. The Chet is supposed to be like the seven Rakiot Hashemaim, and then plus one, you know, down here, I guess. So I think that's the, the eight and the Dalit. So if anyone who finds it difficult to lengthen a Dalit, like myself, so the Balhatani already writes, he says, the way we speak, we don't lengthen the Dalits. What does it mean to do a long Dalit? He says, for us, it would just mean to have in mind after you say it. You don't have to have in mind while you're saying the Dalit, as long as before you say Baruch Shem Kavod, you have in mind the proper Kavanot. Again, that God is a, a king below and above in, in Arba Rucha de Shemaim, seven of Shemaim, then you're good uh, to go. Continues the Gemara. He says, up to the words Alavavcha, it's got to be Ba'amida. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean, the way Rashi explains it, even according to Beitilal, that says you're allowed to be walking around, you don't have to be in any specific position while you say Kriyat 
you should at least be standing still. By me, means standing still. Because when you're walking around, it's very hard to have kavana. So you've got to stand still up to the third pasuk. And afterwards, uh, you don't have to be in one position. For says the whole parsha has to be right? What did he hold? He held the have kavana the whole first parsha. So ever much so because he held you have to have kavana the whole first parsha, he was therefore more stringent and held you have to be standing straight, meaning in one position for the whole first parsha. But we you hold you only have to have kavana for the first few psukim, then um, that it's enough to stand again for the mount of psukim that you have to have kavana for. Tanarabanan. That was the entire Kriyat Shema of Rabbi Huda Nasi. Meaning he didn't say the rest. Not the first Pasha, just one Pasuk. The Gemara explains, so, so we don't really explain over here. The Yushalmi actually has a long discussion over here exactly what the Heter was. But it seems like that since he was, a, he was teaching Torah to the public, yeah, he was Malam Torah Rabbim, Torah Umnata, Torah was his living, he didn't have to interrupt is Torah for, for Krishna. I mean, even though we know you're supposed to interrupt Torah for any mitzvah, right? But when it comes, but for the mitzvah of Krishna, you don't have to. At least, you know, for the rest of Krishna, besides the first pasuk, meaning it seems like you understood the first pasuk is the right to the rest of the rabbanan. So therefore, he only has to interrupt the first pasuk. He says to Rabbi, you know, Rav said to Rabbi, I saw you giving class for a while. Say. In other words, they were both, Rav and Rabbi were both in Israel with Rabbi Huda Hanasi. And they said, I never saw Rabbi Huda Hanasi. I saw him giving class for three hours, from, from all the way from dawn until three hours, and I didn't see him say Krishna. That at one point, I don't know if you saw, he covered his eyes. Right? This is probably the source for our covering eyes of Krishna. He covered his eyes in the middle of the class, and right at that time, he said the Pasuk very quickly. So he did it, you know, quickly without anyone noticing while giving the class. After the class was over, did he finish the Krishna? He says, no, he didn't. He wasn't Chazvagamra, there was no need. He would make sure to finish the rest, even though it was after uh, the time. I understand that according to me, who said that he didn't finish the rest of Kriyat Shema after the class was over, that's why it makes sense that Rebbe, he always made sure to mention the Exodus during class. Why? Because he wasn't going to say the rest of Kriyat Shema later. So he always managed to come up with some reference to the Exodus. You'd see it According to you, that he, that he did say the rest of Kriyat Shema later. So meaning he was going to mention Yitzit Mitzrayim. Sorry, Lama So why did he have to, you know, search and always try to find the reference to Yitzit Mitzrayim in his class just to fill the mitzvah he was going to do later. It's better to do it sometime in its time. Meaning, what we see from this Gemara is even in Tzietim time, which we assume has the mitzvah the whole day, is considered uh, that it's the same time. The Chathil is supposed to be the same time as Kriyat That's the way Rashi understands it, is that the time of Kriyat is also the time for Yitziat Mitzrayim. Fine? Therefore, that's why Rabbi Yudanasi would always look for Yitziat Mitzrayim Gemara to say. Omer of Elah, uh, 
So the guy said Shema, and then he fell asleep. Yatza. He fills his, his obligation. So all the Rishonim say, what do you mean? You only said Shema, you got to say, you got to say the rest of Kriya Shema. So say it doesn't mean he actually fell asleep. It means he, he started mumbling the rest of the words. But as long as he got out clearly the first one, it's good to go. I mean, that's, you only have to be really medactic on the first parasha. He said to him, if you see me falling asleep during the first pasuk, tsaran, uh, you know, wake me up, you know, make sure I don't fall asleep. But tvei, more than that, the low tsaran. The, the idea being over here is that they were staying up late, you know, all the way till the stars came out in order to say Krishna, and they were getting very tired. So he said, you know, make sure that I say the first pasuk clearly. How did he do it? The first pasuk, he'd really make sure. But more than that, you know, as long as he got the words out, that would be okay. Amr Yosef. Prakton, someone is on his back, should not say Krishma. Right? Because it's, right now we think, because it's not an honorable way to say Krishma, right? Just lying on your back. That's a proper way to be makabal all of all machut shemaim. Says the Gemara question, Mikrahudala Likri, a Migna Shapir, that you're going to tell me that the only problem is reading Krishna, but Migna, but you're allowed to lie down, right? We know you're not allowed, to, you're, not, you're not allowed to lie down on your back. So if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says, Shamiskasha Evab Tachshnata Vinila Rabbin, Bhuderach Genaim. So the Gemara continues, right? Because Bishop and Levi cursed one who lied on his back. So the Gemara means like this, Amin, Migni Kimitzli. So he was lying on his side. So then, Shaper Dami. Then, you know, it's okay to lie down on your side. The Mikra, but to read Krishma, Afagav Dematzli, Nami is Asr. But to say Krishma while you're lying on your side would also not be good. So basically, you're not supposed to say Krishma on your side. That's also not a proper way. Uh, to do it, okay. Uh, well, yeah, both. I mean, both. I mean, this is more than a gay at night, you know, when people are going to sleep. I'm assuming that's what it's referring to. At day, it's not so common that you're lying down. I guess if you're, you know, you're getting up late and it's getting close to this man of Krishna, then one should sit up on his bed uh, to say Krishna and then go back to sleep. Um, at least, you know, after the first pasuk. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan used to lie on his side. So the Gemara, Rabbi Yochanan is different. the Baal Basarhu. He is the owner of much flesh, which means he was a bit on the larger side, and therefore for him, uh, that was just, uh, it was too difficult to do any other way. Um, it was hard for him to sit up, I guess. Says the Gemara. Now we're going to get back to the, the, the main subject of our Mishnah, was interruption during Kriya Shema. So it says like this, if you noticed, it said in between chapters, you're allowed to ask, meaning if somebody walked in, you're allowed to say Shalom, and you're allowed to respond. So the assumption always is that responding is more lenient than asking, right? Because asking, you're the one who started the conversation. So there's like a certain active way of showing honor. And then when you're answering, is more like protecting the person's honor by not embarrassing him and not responding. So the Gemara says like this, Ubeprakim Shoel, the mission said, Ubeprakim Shoel Mepnei HaKavad Umeshev, and you let it answer. So Gemara says, Meshev Machmat Mai, what are you answering for? If you tell me, Rabbi Huda meant you let it answer So hashta mishal shoyel. Now that you let it ask me Do I need the mission to tell me you let it respond? That's not a chidush, right? If you let it start the conversation, of course you could finish the conversation. Ella rather means like this. Rather means that you let it ask anyone. I mean, anyone who starts a conversation with you, you let it, uh, you know, continue. How, but that's hard to read because what does the Seifa say? It says, 
And it says that in the middle of the parsha, you're allowed to be meishiv. Meishiv machmat mai. Ilem mepenei hayira. If you're going to tell me you're allowed to answer because of out of fear, has the mishal shol adurim. But if you're allowed to ask someone, if, you know, start the conversation, for sure you could continue. Elam mepenei hakavod. Rather, that's mepenei hakavod. But says more hainu derbiosi. But that's Rebiosi's opinion. Ditanan Rebiosi or Rebiosi Omer. Beemtsa shol mepenei hayira umeishiv mepenei hakavod. That if you're going to interpret the Mishnah like that, then it ends up being that he's the same opinion as Rabbi, sorry, as Rabbi Yehuda in the Mishnah, right? Again, if you basically try to figure out every, every statement that Rabbi Meir made and what he meant, then he's going to end up being just like Rabbi Yehuda. So the Gemara basically clarifies. So the way the Gemara changes it is very simple. It says like this, In between chapters, you let it start the conversation. And you don't even need to say Meshav, meaning it's so obvious. So in other words, the way the Gemara says that, the Mishnah didn't actually need to say the word Meshav. He was speaking out, You don't even need to mention Meshav, meaning this is, this is even more of a chidush. And again, you're allowed to ask, but you're not allowed to, uh, but, and you don't even, I don't even need to mention the halacha of Meshav. Like that's, of course, obvious. So again, the way the Gemara got out of it is that the mission was never expressly stating this halacha. Rather, it was just tell, informing you that it's so pashut, I don't, I don't even need to say it. Buda argues, Buda says, now it's just the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Ube prakim the top of your dalad of an aleph. Ube prakim shalom mepnei akavod in between chapters mepnei akavod. Umeishem shalom lechal adam. Let's just read five more lines just to finish this little subject over here. Tanei na mihachi hakor et shema. Someone is reading shema. Upagav rabba gadamen and your teacher comes. So most we shouldn't say that. Not like Rashi referring to someone you know you're afraid of a king. It means like a, a teacher who you're supposed to have fear of. So it says, "Beprakim shomer pinei kavod, vein tzarech lamishu meishiv, ubeems shomer pinei yira, vein tzarech lamishu meishiv." Did Rabbi Meir Yehuda says no? That for these people is beems shomer pinei yira, umeishem pinei kavod, ubeprakim shomer pinei kavod, meishu shalal adam. Okay, very good. We will end here and continue with Halal and Megillah tomorrow morning.